Blog Talk Radio. to another edition of the Fantasy Football Feeding Frenzy. I am your host, Gary Davenport, joined, as always, by the esteemed Walton Sperling. How you doing, Wally? Oh, I'm doing great. Um, you know, as a Lions fan, what can I say? Still in first place, so it's not long until dogs and cats are living together, and we're, we're just going to enjoy it here for, in Detroit for a little while. Yeah, we appear to be shorthanded one Minnesota Vikings fan. I don't know if he's in mourning or Vikings have played so poorly over the last month that it literally hurt Mike Zimmer's eye. He will not be coaching. Did you see, I know you, I don't know, you've been out most of the day, so I don't know. I was wondering who, uh, I'm sure they've announced who will be head coaching the Vikings tonight. I just didn't see it, but I did see news that Zimmer will not be. Right. Oh, Really, I would have figured it'd be Shermer or something. They've got a couple assistants with head coaching experience, but I, I thought that was the name I thought never heard. Really, I, I I just happened to see it as I got home today. I thought or I thought they were talking about that, but don't hold me to that. Again, I have been out all day. It's been a long day, and actually, um, I believe Todd is not with us tonight, right? Because he is attending the game. He scored some tickets. Oh, so that is that is why you're not with Todd. Yeah, so he's – I don't know why. They they lost twice to the Lions. It's the Cowboys. Todd, you're going down the wrong path, my friend. Well, you know, though, I will confess I am still not completely – I mean, I know I keep saying this about Dallas and they just keep winning. I'm, st- I'm not sold. I'm just not. There's, I don't know if there's a team in the NFL right now that I'm completely sold on, to be honest, because I would have, if you just asked me 10 days ago, I said Seattle's the best team in the NFC. Mm-hmm. And then they go to Tampa and just lay an egg. They got beat down. It's wide Dallas open. Is gonna get, I worry Dallas is going to get into the playoffs and that defense is going to be exposed by somebody. And they're going to be a one-and-done team. And this makes Cowboys fans mad, but I don't know what to tell you, folks. Yeah, there's not a team in the NFL this year that I look at and I say, okay, they're a Super Bowl team. Right, especially with the Gronk news, you know. I mean, I I think that somewhat opens up the AFC, although I don't know who I'm – it's tough for me to say, okay, so now it's the Raiders because – Khalil Max has been playing lights out. You know, it took a little while. We were expecting it as IDP slappies, and now he's doing it. But I don't know about that defense. I mean, the Patriots are still going to be tough without Gronk. But, yeah, right now it's, it's, it's wide open. And I, I am not foolish enough to think that my Lions have a, a legitimate shot. But, you know, there's, there's a few teams that could get hot. The Steelers, if they could put things together figure out another receiving option. It, it, it's wide open. It's exciting to see. And as far as the Cowboys, I like them unless Dak gets hurt and Tony Romo goes in there because we know Tony Romo in the playoffs. 
We've seen that movie. And it's like Batman versus yeah, Superman. I would not watch it again. And you got you got team like the New York Giants sitting at eight and three. Nobody's talking about them. Which uh, the New York Giants, when no one's talking about them, that's when they're dangerous. The two years they won the Super Bowl, they limped in the playoffs. Didn't nobody think they were going to do spit. Yep. The playoffs are going to be I'll, very interesting this year. Oh, exactly. And I only like the Giants when it all if they play the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I don't know if I trust them against another team. You put them in there against the Patriots, I'm on board. Except they won't have the curmudgeon Coughlin at the at the helm, but they just appear to have the Patriots number in Super Bowls. But yeah, no, it, it's going to be fun to watch the playoffs. I mean, a lot of times the playoffs are just like waiting for the lesser vans to play out the first couple rounds, wait for the Patriots to make their run. At some point, the Seahawks. We'll see. I think Earl Thomas is back at practice. I think that's going to help. They're back at home, but that offensive line all of a sudden looked like they were coming together. And then last week, I think Noah Spence just had another sack. I mean, he's no Jason Pierre-Paul, but you know, yeah. that's a different. Yeah, that, that, that was a different game against. Uh, that was a different game against your team. JPP been on a mission the last couple of weeks. Five and a half sacks, a couple forced fumbles, touchdowns. Yeah. Justin Houston, three sacks and a half last week. In my longest lasting IDP league, the first one I got into back in 2006, and it's mixed, and it's crazy scoring, and we actually start five linebackers, four defensive linemen, four cornerbacks. We start two tight ends, two quarterbacks, two kickers. But anyway, I had both JPP and Justin Houston who I kept on IR over some offensive guys just because I'm like, I need that when he comes back. And they led me to victory. It makes me feel that I still know a little something about IDP. I went up against a team last week that had Justin Houston and Von Miller just between the two of them. They threw up like 102 points on Sunday night. Yeah. Went in thinking I was looking pretty good. Came out like, yeah, okay, what are you going to do? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, and and on, that, on that team I spoke of, of course, my two quarterbacks are Russell Wilson and Tyrod Taylor, my starters. Taylor's oh. decent, but Russell – I thought, oh, when Wilson had that game, I'm like, oh, I'm doomed. And then there came my IDP guys. And, of course, I've been riding Toomer in San Diego. And it looks like we'll ride him again this week because Davis hasn't practiced yep. yet. So, I, I, I rolled out. I saw you mention it, I believe, on Facebook, and I, I, I had Toomer, and I was worried about Brown coming back. I nope. And Shazier, as long as he stays healthy, let's just keep things going, boy. But, yeah, I, I like Toomer. Oh, yeah, and at this point, I mean, you'd be got to keep rolling with Toomer. I mean, I wouldn't say drop your Davis Brown at this point, but when he got hurt, that's supposed to be one or two games he was going to be out. Mm-hmm. He missed two games before the bye. Then they had the bye. Then they, he missed last week. This will be five, going on five weeks, and he hadn't even practiced. So I don't know what's going on with his knee. Apparently the injury was a lot more substantial than we were led to believe. But, oh, yeah, the tumor train is rolling along for the time being. Although I know Denzel Perriman had a good week last week. I don't trust him. Denzel Perriman mm-hmm. is on the Donald Butler you-know-what list with me of guys that I just I don't trust him. I did, if I sit him, he'll go crazy. If I start him, I'll get two solos and 
laughter from the direction of San Diego, soon to be Los Angeles. On to studs and duds. Our season standings are Todd has a lot and Wally has a lot, and I don't have very many. And, in fact, I didn't even get a list of studs and duds done for tonight because I was otherwise occupied. But I do have Todd's list. But since he's not here, we'll let you kick it off, Wally. Who is your stud quarterback for week number 13, the all-important week 13? Very, very important. Very, it's Bigly this week. I'm yeah, going with Tom Brady. It's Bigly. I'm going with Tom Brady just because he's outside the top 12, playing the Rams. I mean, he has them at home, if I'm not mistaken, so that's an added bonus. The defense is going to hold down Jared Goff, a lot of turnovers. Even without Gronkowski and what I believe is a banged-up Martellus Bennett because he's not doing much lately, I like Tom Brady to light up this Rams defense, this this Rams team that, uh, you know, they're doing my boy Eric Dickerson wrong. So Tom Brady's going to make him pay for that on the TV12 FU Tour. Brady keeps rolling. Todd went with Tom Brady as well, which would give me 45 seconds to complain about the fact that the National Football League, in their infinite freaking wisdom, decided to put two teams on by in Week 13 after no teams on by in Week 12, even mm-hmm. though for some fantasy leagues, this is the first week of the playoffs. Deathmatch, 12-week regular season. The serious XM Dynasty League, 12-week regular season. So this week, I get to play in the fantasy playoffs without DeMarco Murray. So I would just like to say from the bottom of my heart, screw you, NFL. Well, can't argue with that. I don't I don't get the reasoning behind it. I, I don't know what that what that plan was all about. And just like I don't get why they keep sticking with Thursday night football. I do. It's money, but it is yeah, serious it's I got just raw, yeah. I got no DeMarco, I got no Richard Matthews who was turned into a weekly starter for me, and I got no Avery Williamson. So Yeah. I know there's no one in Cleveland that anybody cares about. I'm a Browns fan. I know this all too well. But and I I assume it has something to do with Thanksgiving and three what the uh, it's just it doesn't make any damn sense. I'm sure they have a reason. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say all I know no. is that after going oh for the season and deathmatch I'm in the playoffs. Congratulations, sir. It's gravy from here on out. They're going to re-sign me. You'll bring me back next year. I showed I can do something. And in serious, lucky for me this week, I have a bye. So it's all coming together. I didn't, I didn't do terrible in death match. I went 6-6. Six and six. It's what happened when you draft Todd Gurley in the first round and J.J. Watt in the second round. Honestly, I'm surprised that I went six and six. Of course, my stupid little brother went ten and two. Because, hey, the Wall IDP only league at Fantasy Sharks. Because I'm an IDP slappy. There, I'm eleven and one, shooting for twelve and one this week. I've already wrapped up the number one seed in my conference. So, well, there's not all struggling that there. I've had the my first year there. When I joined Fantasy Sharks, 
I ran the table 13 and 0 regular season, and then proceeded to lose in the semifinals. After that, I had two or three years of, I think two of the three years I didn't even make the playoffs, and the one year I did, I was like seven and six or eight and five. It was not a season to get all pumped about. So this is the best year I've had there since that first season. So I've, I'll take it any way I can get it. And it's, it's been a weird year, and I can look at the teams where I've struggled, and I can pretty much point to one or two guys and be like, yeah, it's your fault. Like, for instance, Todd Gurley. You well, giant ball of sun. I, I stuck with yeah. him all year long in, in the blog talk radio league that I represented, the fantasy football seeding frenzy, and I'm sorry to report that we are not in the playoffs, and I hate Todd Gurley and Jeff Fisher. How many Todd, how many Todd Gurley teams do you think did get into the playoffs this year? I'm betting that that is a fairly low percentage. <laughs> and I could have had David Johnson in Deathmatch. Could have drafted David Johnson. No, I didn't draft David Johnson. I drafted David mm-hmm. Johnson in the Fantasy Sharks Whale Shark League. And what's my record there? 11-1. and one. Didn't draft him in Deathmatch. Went with Todd Gurley. 6-6. Six 6-6. Six. Six six, 11-1. Five-game swing. And you can more than I can just about point to that one guy and say, you season-murdering bastard. Pardon my French. Who's your Now that we're, we're talking about someone who is most assuredly not a stud running back, who is your Week 13 stud at the running back position, Mr. Sperlin? Oh, my stud running back is Carlos Hyde at Chicago. Uh, I, I like the way San Francisco's playing right now. Uh, I like the way Kaepernick's running the ball. I think that opens up more opportunities for Hyde. But more importantly, I like – well, I hate to say I like because I never hate to see guys get hurt. But now there's no Danny Trevathan. He's out. Rutgers Patella tendon. That's horrible. Uh, Freeman is suspended. That defense is just in disarray. I see a heavy dose Christian of Hyde this Jones week. Jones playing every down. I think yeah, him and and uh, the what's the other guy? I can't. Even, yeah, was that great? Yeah, Nick I can't even the name, Although I do have. Well, what are your? Let me say this. That's another reason. Again, that's why I like Hyde. The Chicago's defense is a mess, and uh-huh. I, I don't see their offense being that great. But what do you think about that kid? I have him on my bench in a couple of leagues. I got to think he plays three three downs, doesn't he? Or I think him and he's Jones calling both. the signals. He's calling the signals. They had him calling the he signals. This, yeah, they had he called the signals this past week. He took over Freeman's job, which was called making the play calls. So he was already out there every down. The problem is when Trevathan was out there with him, you've got a veteran linebacker who's just better. So he was right. kind of sucking up all the tackles. Between Kwiatkowski and Jones, I would go with, the rookie all day and twice on Sunday because we've seen Christian Jones. He's just not very good. This is his second right. tenure with the Bears. So, but yeah, I mean, I think he's a decent uh, spot start. I mean, the matchup obviously isn't exactly woo-woo because the San Francisco offense is playing better, but it's still no one's going to confuse them with the Saints anytime soon. But right. yeah, he is, there are a few guys floating around out there that, uh, Spot starter guys like that. Uh, AJ Klein, for all intents and looks like he's going to get another start for the Panthers this weekend in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And he played every down, which actually surprised me. I would have figured Carolina would uh, 
run Klein out there in the base sets and then let Shaq Thompson play the sub packages, given how quick he is. But that was not the case. They, Shaq Thompson was still playing his regular base set role on the strong side, and Klein played every – I think he had five solos and a sack this past week against the Raiders. Oh. So uh, that's a good – and uh, if you want to go even deeper, Nat, Edwin Jackson in Indianapolis, I think he's a yeah. second-year pro. Yeah. He's moved in that starting role next to DeQuell Jackson. Not playing every down, but he's pretty close. I think he played all but like five or six snaps this past week. And he outpointed to Paul Jackson last week. So I've, I've snatched him up in a couple of different leagues. I don't know that I'm rolling him out there this week in those leagues. But if I've got a spare linebacker spot, I'll just snatch a guy up where I know he can't be used against me. So mm-hmm. that's just how I am. Todd went with just the opposite side of that running back matchup. He went with Jordan Howard the Chicago Bears. I can understand that because the San Francisco run defense really, really sucks. Really bad. Nick Bullor has no business being a starting linebacker. I'm sure he's a fine special teams guy and he's a delightful IDT because he gets tackles, but he's like Paul Worlow racked up stops five yards downfield. The 49ers wish that Nick Ballor was racking up those sacks, those stops five yards down the field. It's more like eight, team, five, point six. Yeah, and I haven't seen an update. I don't know if you have, and I've looked for I know Ballor left last week with a knee injury and didn't return. And I looked at San Francisco's practice report today just at football guys, and they didn't even list him as, limited or full or anything. So I, I don't know if that means we think he's fine or, I mean, obviously people you want to keep checking the practice reports as the week goes on. But Right. I didn't see him listed on the injury done. report. I didn't see him listed on the injury report this week. So I would assume he's okay. He's just awful. <laughs> yeah. he's just Maybe he'll be limping making those tackles five yards down the field. But all right. Tim Hightower is another guy, a guy that I think could have a big week this week if Ingram doesn't play, which oh, is yeah. looking sketchy. Stud wide receiver, so you're taking, Mr. Swirlin. So are you taking Hightower for your stud? Is that what I'm hearing? Well, I don't even have a list, but if I did, I might put Hightower on it. I'm thinking of starting him in a couple of leagues where I need to win. So, of course, my running back wow. situation in those leagues is rather a trash fire, you know. Let's put it this way. I'm thinking of starting him, and I'm not going to be crying while I do it, whereas well, he's been decent for the Saints. Fast foot. Yeah, they they keep him in there. I think they trust him. I mean, obviously, you know, his touchdown last week was a long reception from Willie Sneed, I believe, right? But, Bill, we don't care where it comes from. We we just want the point. Which segues right into my – my stud wide receiver is Brandon Cooks of the New Orleans Saints because he's playing the Lions. Receiver, he's playing the Lions at home on the fast turf, and last week he wasn't even targeted. And I like the fact that he came out and said, "Closed mouths don't get fed." Hey, this is the uh, squeaky wheel gets the grease. 
the Lions are going to struggle to cover both him and Michael Thomas, but I think if they put big play slay on anyone, it would be Thomas. That leaves the rest of that clown car of defensive backs to deal with Cooks and our linebacking core, which will probably be out with DeAndre Levy. And but that's Whitehead and the nobodies. So I look for a big week from Cooks. I, I, I think Drew Brees takes care of the squeaky wheel and – as much as I love that we're in first place, I hate this matchup this week on the road against New Orleans. I think it's a shootout. I think the Lions lose, but I think Cooks goes off. Esteemed Mr. Lasky went with Demarius Thomas of the Denver Broncos. Bit of an interesting call given that Trevor Simeon is looking pretty sketchy for the game, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. That said, the Jaguars' defense is terrible. And Jalen Ramsey is one of those young defensive backs who very much looks like a young defensive back. It's not to say that the Jaguars missed on that picker. And I don't think you can really – I think corners can go out and be awful as rookies, and you can't really read too much into it. It happens. Everyone thinks that you're not going to go out and be Marcus Peters. And honestly, Marcus Peters right now is not that great. He makes a lot of big plays. And I think people confuse that with being a great corner, not necessarily. Because if you also give up a lot of big plays, right. which he does, and that becomes a problem. So it's just young corners have a tendency to struggle. Stud IDP. Oh, I'm going back to the well, someone that I've used before. It's Paul Paz, wasn't he? Paz of the Jaguars. I like the matchup against the Broncos. In the last four games, the Broncos have given up 68 solos to linebackers, 26 assists. Oh, yeah, I got the stats up, folks. That's how I roll. Some forced fumbles, four of them, fumble grab. And, again, I love to throw some kudos to players that have helped me over the years. I like Kelvin Smith this week as well, but I'm going to go with Paz to finish in the top 12. I think we get a lot of Devontae Booker. And if Paxton Lynch plays, I think we get a lot of over-the-middle passing to Green or that other tight end who I forget his name that I should have picked up this week, but I like Todd. Todd went with Bashad Breeland, Washington Redskins cornerback. I can see that being a decent pick. No team in the National Football League, I believe, is giving up more fantasy points to defensive backs than the Arizona Cardinals, so I like Dante Whitner this week. I like Kendall Fuller. If you want to go deep and say a cornerback required league because he's their slot corner, which means he's probably – I know the Redskins come out today and said they might have Josh Norman cover Fitzgerald when he goes in. And, no, they're not. Josh Norman doesn't play yeah. in the slot. If they do, he's going to get eaten up because playing the slot is entirely different from playing outside. So, And he'll discover that. And Norman's his own guy, so he's a guy that they're not going to mess in. That's why I think I'm, I mean, I'm not crazy about the matchup for Fitz, given that he will see Norman at least part of the day, but I'm not necessarily worried about Larry Fitzgerald this week either, especially since the rest of the Arizona wide receivers are Melt Carton, Melt Carton, and Melt Carton. Yeah. <laughs> Dud quarterback, Mr. Sperlin. Oh, I'm going with, um, and as a Spartan fan, it pains me to say this, but not really with the season that Michigan State had this year. I'm going with Kirk Cousins at Arizona. 
I mean, he's having a much better year than I saw him having, and he's making a ton of money, be it the franchise tag again next year or a contract. But I like Arizona at home. Uh, they've been tough on quarterbacks. Anyway, they've only given up nine touchdown passes. Ten, they have ten interceptions. So, you know, I think Peterson, I know he was banged up last week, but his, with his foot that was really sore, but he thinks he's going to play this week. So I think you have him back there, the Honey Badgers back. I think Tyvon Branch, they brought him off of uh, injured reserve, so he could be back. I look for Arizona, and they've got to make a last stand here at some point. And I think they do it this week at home against Kirk Cousins, who we know can have a interception blow-up game. Todd went with Dak Prescott because he's a big purple Vikings homer. Mm-hmm. But that gives me a chance. You mentioned Michigan State, who I'm a little angry at because I wanted them to beat Penn State this past weekend. That's okay. That's okay. The current college football playoff standings, Mr. Sperling. Let's assume that Penn State defeats Wisconsin. Would you, as a playoff committee member, still put Ohio State into the playoffs ahead of Penn State? Oh, I would. They're a much better team. I know they kind of mentioned it when they said that. We had the Big Ten Championship last week when Ohio State beat Michigan, which as a Michigan State fan, brought joy to my heart because I like oh, Michigan to suffer. I like Michigan fans to suffer. Suffer and complain. And I love it even more when Jim Harbaugh goes up there. And oh, oh, I want to use him. I'm want to, barely I want to disappointed. Use yeah, I want to use a Bill Maher. I don't know if you watch Bill Maher on HBO. I want to so use his nickname for Donald Trump for Jim Harbaugh right now, but I don't think we can do it on this. I don't think we have a censor, but if you don't know what that is, look it up. That's Harbaugh. Anytime I get to see Harbaugh suffer, Michigan fans suffer. But, no, I don't think you put Penn State up. And I think the committee, I think they kind of mentioned that. They just, we just think they're a better team. And the way they lost to Penn State, that was fluky. I mean, you can say Penn State hung in there and got the win, but – Ohio State is a much better team than Penn State. Keep them where they're at. I don't see uh, – I guess there could be some fluky outcomes of, uh, of other games with maybe Washington or whatever. That I don't see the winner of Penn State, uh, Wisconsin, <coughs> excuse me, challenging for for the playoff. I think it is no, possible. I, I think it's possible they could if – and the most likely scenario to me would be Washington losing to Colorado in the Pac-12 championship game. Were that to happen, then maybe the winner of that Big Ten championship game sneaks into that fourth spot. I think if that happens, maybe. I think if that happens, and it's my worst nightmare, and I think Michigan has a better chance of getting that getting oh. that fourth spot because because they beat Colorado. Right. Penn State and Michigan I mean Penn State and, and they, Wisconsin fans and, and would they be apoplectic. Oh, would you be fine? Oh, yeah, they and destroyed Michigan. Penn I would State. I would be as well. I would be as well. And then Michigan also hammered Penn State. And then they beat Wisconsin handily as well. So no, I don't you know, I don't want to see that. I I wouldn't mind it because Michigan will get their butt handed to him. In the playoffs, but 
But now I think Ohio yeah. State. I, I I think they're set. Aren't they number two right now in the in, of the four? Yeah, and you know I could see, assuming say that Clemson wins the uh, ACC championships, if you want to bump Clemson up to the two and knock Ohio State down to three, not that it changes anything. They play one another. Right. Okay. I have no, I got no argument there. I don't even I think Ohio State. I don't care if Washington wins the Pac-12 championship game. I still think Ohio State's lots ahead of them. I just think Ohio State's a better team than Washington. But yeah. We'll find out next Sunday. I will say, I if Ohio State were to get left out entirely, I would be shocked at this point. I just you look at their body of work. If it's really supposed yeah. to be about putting the four best teams in the country in the playoff, which is supposed to be, I know that conference championships carry a lot of weight, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But if the goal is truly to put the top four teams in the nation in the playoff, then I don't see how you can say Ohio State's not one of them. I agree completely. Yeah, yeah. And not just because I'm a state fan that uh, hates Michigan, but no, I just think. Well, you look at their. I mean, be. they've got the best resume of any team in the country, not named Alabama. Pounded yeah. Oklahoma on the road. Wisconsin at Wisconsin. Beat Michigan. Beat Nebraska, and lost to Penn State on a blocked kick. The second straight week that they had played in prime time against a team coming off their bye. Exactly. Yeah, and that's it. That's. Although I still think everybody's just lining up to lose to Alabama, but I think Ohio State's a team that has a chance, and I think the committee also thinks about that. I mean, Urban Meyer's done well against Saban. So. Hey, two years ago, everybody thought that everyone was just lining exactly. up to get beat by Alabama. Exactly, and I think that that's there. And I'm fine if it is. Again, like you just mentioned, we want the the best four teams. And right now, like I said, the the Big Ten championship game is not between even the number one or two teams in that. These are a couple of also-rans that managed to get there, which is why I will not watch it. Right. Well, you look at um, the good teams. Penn State's cross. As we've gone completely off the rails, but whatever. Penn State's oh, cross. Hey. The, the Western Division teams that Penn State played were, I think, Purdue and I want to say Minnesota. The Western Division teams that Ohio State played was Wisconsin and Nebraska. So and if Penn State had played a schedule that was anywhere near as difficult as Ohio State's was, they'd, already, they'd have more than two losses. They got beat by Pitt, for God's sake. Which I know, Pitt and I'm, Clemson, but still. So, so, yeah, yeah. And I'm not even going to pretend that I, I don't have um, kind of a burning hatred for Penn State anyhow because of everything that went on there. So I don't want that university to experience anything good. And I'll oh, just don't put think that, that in has crossed the minds of the – don't think no. that has crossed the minds of the people on the committee either because I'm sure well, they're I mean, smart people. Right, and uh, I mentioned it two weeks ago, I think, uh, when you were out, it was me and Todd doing the show, though, that um, whether DeAndre Levy plays again for the Lions or not, which I, I don't think he will, uh, I, I just think he doesn't want to play football anymore, and there's a myriad of reasons for that, and that's fine, but I still love the fact that DeAndre Levy came out and said in an interview, the highlight of his college career 
I don't know if he did the president was breaking Joe Paterno's leg on the sideline because of everything that came to light later on with Penn State that that will always be his proudest moment as a college football player. And I'm like, you know what? You don't got to play for the Lions anymore, and I wish you would. But if you don't, I'll take that to the bank, and I'm happy that you said that. <laughs> There's your dud running back, Paul. Oh, I'm going Lamar Miller of the Texans, and it's not so much the matchup, it's the Packers, although it looks like Clay Matthews may play this week. I know they kicked him inside a little bit last week, hurt his shoulder. I think he practiced limited today. It's just, to me, it's almost the same thing. Lamar Miller gets dinged up every game. Misses series. That offense is a mess. Osweiler's killing that offense. He's already killed DeAndre Hopkins, and I think it's not long until he kills Miller because I – Right now, Miller doesn't show that he can be a 25 carry back, you know, and not get dinged up. So I just don't know that he'll be on the field enough to make a difference. It's at Green Bay. I think you know the. I like the Packers at home, and just of all the names that I looked at, he's the one that jumped out to me. I'll buy that. Oh, excuse me. Going down the wrong pipe. Sorry, folks. Todd did not completely lose his mind and go full Homer and pick Ezekiel Elliott as his dud because that would be crazy. He went with JHI going up against a stout Baltimore Ravens defense, which is the only reason the Ravens are tied for first place in the ASD North. Who's your uh, stud wide receiver? Uh, the dud wide receiver, and I hate to say it, but I'm just going to do it because of the way the team is trending, and I know that it's Larry Fitzgerald. Again, just because of the names that are there, and I love El Fitz, I do not love the way Carson Palmer is playing or the way that offense is playing. It, I mean, it's David Johnson. He's, he's putting up great numbers, but Carson Palmer is a nightmare. He's got, what, 15 touchdowns, 14 turnovers? Something happened. I don't know if it's father time and my start bench article this week. Parentheses, shameless plug. I suggest, yeah, you got to bench Palmer. The, the guy's a train wreck right now, and he's bringing everybody down with him. So that's the reason I went Fitzgerald. Uh, of all the receivers, uh, he has the best chance to have a big game. And I don't even care about the matchup. I don't care if it's Josh Norman. I care that Carson Palmer right now just is out of sorts and bringing that offense down with him. Todd went with Amari Cooper, Oakland Raiders. Ooh. Yeah, that's an interesting call. I like it. It's gutsy. Who's your dead IDP, Willie? Oh, my dead IDP. It's like when they say you can't go home again. Oh, yeah, you can. Because Steve McClendon, defensive tackle, New York Jets, managed to have a good game, I believe it was two or three weeks ago. He's back in the top 12 of defensive tackles. We all know I rode McClendon like four weeks in a row, and he's come back home, and we're riding Steve McClendon again because I couldn't pick the man out of a lineup. I just know that he is more bust than boom. How do you know shame, sir? Obviously, none at all. I'm a Lions fan. (laughs) Like and Todd's, that IDP pick, Bernard and Kenny. Inside linebacker, Houston Texans, been great this year. 
I think he's seventh in fantasy points among linebackers, sixth in National Football League in total tackles, playing the Green Bay Packers, who are a black hole of bleh when it comes to fantasy points for linebackers. They're just a crap matchup. So, yeah, he's a awfully hard guy to sit, given what he's done to this point in the season. But seriously, if you're in – a situation this week where you've got to get a win and you feel like you need every single point you can get, there are probably other guys. I would, Like, I would start Darren Lee over McKinney this week in a heartbeat. And if you look at their season production, people would say, what? Yeah, in a minute. Because Lee played every down last week for the Jets, played in the dime and played David Harris. It looks like maybe they're experimenting with that changing of the guard between youth and experience at the linebacker position, and they're playing a Colts team on Monday night that's given up the most fantasy points to linebacker. I mean, is it still possible McKinney will have a better game in the league? Of course. Is it likely? I don't think so. So, I agree. It's a good call. It's a gutsy call from Todd. A couple gutsy dud calls in there. Good to see well, he's a Vikings fan. He's got nothing but gutsy calls now. Did I mention the Lions are in first place? Sorry. Uh, yes, you may have brought that up once or twice. Well, I guess that brings us to tonight's game. Minnesota Vikings, Dallas Cowboys. Vikings need this one pretty badly. You know, the Packers look like maybe they're on to something. With that win over the Philadelphia Eagles, kick Clay Matthews back to inside linebackers and help that defense out a little bit. Plus, their secondary is getting healthy, I think, is a big part of it. I mean, they were just decimated at cornerback, and they got Demarius Randall back. And I mean, I'm not saying Green Bay mm-hmm. is a great secondary when they're healthy, but it helps when you're not on your fourth, fifth, and sixth cornerback of the year in today's NFL. Is there a Vikings offensive player? that you would start with confidence if you needed a win in your fantasy league this week? That I would start with confidence. There's one. Uh, Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> That's it. Just because Gronk is out, it looks like George. I mean, it would depend on your lineup. And I say confidence. You know, if, now I'll go Kyle Rudolph because that offense is so pathetic. You know, uh, apologies to Todd. It's such a dink and dunk thing, but he's got the potential. If they're going to score, he's going to score. Uh, and with Gronk being out this week, it looks like Jordan Reed's probably not going to play. Delaney Walker on a bye. Barnage on a bye, if you're a Barnage owner. And if you are, depending on him, you might need help. But that's it, Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I was going over that. Christmas. We're headed into Christmas time, and his name's Rudolph. I got to. Some props out. I mean, I want to say Stephon Diggs, but given the state of that passing game, mm-hmm. really, yeah, confidence becomes an awfully relevant term awfully quickly. So, I feel a lot better about the linebackers. So. Mm-hmm. Although I'm interested, in Eric Kendricks, there's a little bit of risk tonight with Kendricks because he did not play a full complement of snaps last week, although I think that had more to do with injury than with game plan. So, 
We'll find out tonight. I had a couple people asking me about that on Twitter if I was worried about Kendricks tonight. I want to say no. And Dallas is toward the top of the league in tackle opportunities allowed and fantasy points allowed linebackers. So if he is out there, it's three down. He should have a pretty good yeah. game. Kansas City Chiefs, Atlanta Falcons. Here's an interesting one for you. Tyreek Hill or Taylor Gabriel? Well, the fact that Macklin has practiced this week and maybe back, and Julio Jones is going to be there. But I, you know, again, we, you mentioned Marcus Peters earlier in the pilot. They're going to throw Peters, you know, probably on Julio Jones. I mean, Matt Ryan. I love this Gabriel guy. I know he's an ex-Brown. I don't want to twist the knife, but I Go love ahead. this guy. Go I mean, he, no, this, this guy's quick as a whip, making things happen. Matt Ryan singing his praises, although that can be a double-edged sword. A lot of times, you know, I think it was Eli Manning singing the praises of Will Ty before their last game, and nothing happened. But, no, I just like that guy. And, again, on that offense, you're going to concentrate. you got Freeman. you got Coleman. you got Julio Jones. If this guy just catches the ball, and then he's gone. I like Gabriel. I'm going to go with that. Again, like I said, because I think it looks like Macklin's on track to play, so I don't know what Hill's role will be. If it'll be reduced, so I just like Gabriel. I know that he's touch dependent, but when you do what he's doing with those touches, I like it. Oh yeah, he's definitely a boom bust type. The guy that could go out there and get you twenty fantasy points or goose egg, and it's certainly that's not the kind of guy you necessarily want to start in a must-win game. But hey. If you're an underdog and you feel like you need a 20-point day out of a receiver, at least you know that there's the possibility that he can do it for you. So Sometimes you just got to go for broke. Miami Dolphins, Baltimore Ravens. Oh, which Ravens running back you got this week, Terrence West or Kenneth Dixon? Oh, wow. Gun to my head. I'd rather have neither. I'd probably start Dwayne Washington out of Detroit over either, but I still think the West is going to get the early cracks at it. And if he can make something happen, they'll stick with him. I think they'll write that in. I I would go with West, but I'm I'm not comfortable with either one of those guys unless I have to. San Francisco 49ers, Chicago Bears, a battle of two teams barreling in the wrong direction. Over under 24 fantasy points with six-point passing touchdowns for Colin Kaepernick. Oh, six points for passing touchdowns? 24? No, I'm going to go over. I just like the way that, uh, what did he run for, 113 yards last week? He's running the ball. Yeah, I think like turned the, loose. I think like the past three weeks, he's the number one fantasy quarterback. Yeah. Now I'm going to go with him. He's got a nice little rapport going with Vance McDonald. Um, and, you know, uh, I have already mentioned I like Hyde is my stud. I like San Francisco to run out to a – I never thought I'd say this this year, but, again, with the state of the Chicago defense, I like them to run out to an, uh, a pretty nice lead early on. And then just, if they can, roll it up because Lord knows Chip Kelly's looking for one of those games, and I think this is the game he gets, unless the weather comes in on record. But I love that Kaepernick's tucking it and running. Or, you know, read-optioning it and running. 
So that's fine. That's what opens up the field for him. And uh, who knows? Maybe even Torrey Smith will have a big game. I'm not banking on that, and I wouldn't start him in any leagues. But, you know, there's about a 5% possibility. I, but no, I like picked up Kaepernick. I picked up Kaepernick in a league where I'm seven and five. So I mean, I might still squeak into the playoffs with a loss, but if I win, I'm in. And I'm seriously considering starting Kaepernick over Russell Wilson this week. Not with the I think I may have lost my I know. Well, I mean, if the Seahawks haven't figured out that offensive line after you know the jail raping they took last week, then again, I like Kaepernick to you know. Again, when I'm let me preface this with I'm this high on a player. There's always that possibility. It's like those weeks that you've mentioned before that I'm high on the Lions, that it just goes south. But I just love this matchup. And I mean, again, with with the injuries to the Bears, even especially the linebackers, I, I don't know what they're going to do to, to make up for that. And they don't exactly have a great secondary, so. That that would not be crazy, especially a team that you're looking. You know, that that's the swing for the fences uh, scenario we we talked about. You know, if, if this win gets you in, I think you know, I would not be adverse to that move. Speaking of swinging for the fences, from that Chicago San Francisco game, you have to start a wide receiver. Who is it? Oh man. <laughs> I'll go with uh, Marquez Wilson. Will he put up the numbers of last week? No, but this is a guy that how long has he been in the league? Um, four or five years. I mean, he's he's a great pumpkin of wide receivers. Great training camps, then he's hurt. A couple of great games, then he's hurt. But, hey, he obviously got the eye of Barkley last week. And have you ever seen a game where they drop so many easy passes? And I say that as a Lions fan, a, a team based on drop passes over their history, that that was pathetic. You know, Wilson included, but he still had a big day. But I just can't figure out on San Francisco he'll, he'll go to on a consistent basis. Curley's had some big games. Torrey Smith, very few. I'll just ride the hot hand and say Wilson here. <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals, Philadelphia Eagles. Tyler Eifert or Jordan Matthews? Tyler Eifert. Uh, it's because the Bengals will be without A.J. Green again, without Gianni Bernard. They'll get the red zone looks. And my one of my favorite sayings, water finds its level. Carson Wentz has found his level. I don't trust him on a consistent basis to be able to feed Matthews the ball. So I'll go with, you know, I'll dance with the devil I know, and that's Eifert from Dalton. So I'll go with that. It's a touchdown potential. And I'm getting asked a lot what's wrong with Carson Wentz. I'm like, nothing is wrong with Carson Wentz. He's a rookie quarterback who played college football in North Dakota State. Y'all got way too carried away with yourselves in September. And now the reality is crashing down upon you. You're freaking out for no reason. You'll be fine. It could be worse. You could be the Rams. Houston Texans. Houston Texans, Green Bay Packers. I'm trying. I can't really think of a Texans Green Bay comparative. Which 
Packers receiver you got? It seems like what well, it seems like we're getting Jory Nelson one week, Devontae Adams the next. Which if you had to pick one of the two, who's your guy this week? Uh, well, I will go with the up down theory. There was Adams last week. I'll go Jordy Nelson, based entirely on that up down theory. Uh, I'm not a guy that uh, believes that the Packers are completely back after beating Philadelphia last week. Sort of what we just talked about. Wentz is again water finds its level. He's a rookie. He'll continue to get better. That defense uh, isn't bringing the pass rush I had hoped consistently. So I'm still not convinced that the Packers are back. I'm not convinced they can be all the way back. That James Starks is the main back, and really not much after that. But I see Jordy stepping up this week after after it was uh, Adams last week. How back do the Packers really need to be, though? I mean, they're not out of it in that division. Both oh, North divisions this year. Both North divisions this year are the division nobody wants to win. Whereas the AFC South just sucks. With the AFC North and the NFC, it's the teams that, are, that they just flee. Every time they get into first place for a second, which is just scare you about the Lions, as soon as the team gets into first place, they immediately try to figure out a way to screw it up. Oh, exactly. Well, what scares me about the Lions is their schedule coming up. Uh, obviously, at New Orleans, again, I have already talked about that. I don't think they win it. Chicago at home, I like our chances there. Especially with Barkley. I would hope. At center. But then, then at the Giants, at Dallas, I think it comes down, and I hate to say it, but at least it's at home, I think it comes down to week 17 against Green Bay. Because they have a day, well, yeah, they're they're not going to lose to Houston at home this week. Or, yeah, at home this week. Then they have Seattle. I think Seattle has a chance to beat Green Bay at Green Bay. But then they get Chicago. There's their – I don't know if you ever watched the league, but I love that show. But there's their taco buy. They'll get that win. And then Green Bay has Minnesota week 16. Who knows what their record will be at that point. And then it could come down to week 17, Green Bay at Detroit. And I probably won't be on the show that week because I'll uh, be in the fetal position knowing full well that we're going to lose. <laughs> Yeah, and if Green Bay does beat Houston and the Colts get by the Jets, which I think they should be able to do if they get Andrew Luck back, which all indications are cool. You're looking at a three-way tie in the AFC South at 6-6 six and six between mm-hmm. the Texans, the Colts, and the Apocalypse this year, folks. The Tennessee – and of those three teams with four to play, I might take Tennessee. Yeah, I might, but uh, again, then I kind of look at the, uh, their schedule. The Colts get Houston at Minnesota. That'll be tough. At Oakland, that could be tough. But they get Jacksonville week 17, whereas you look at Tennessee. Coming off their bye, they get Denver. Then at Kansas City, that's a couple of tough games. But then they do get Jacksonville and Houston. That could come down to that big week 17 matchup. Actually, I don't think it will because I think Brock Osweiler will have brought the Texans down before them. But week 17, it's uh, Tennessee hosting Houston. So maybe it's, yeah, I just it's wrote an article. Indianapolis. Yeah. I just wrote an article at Bleacher Report that more or less summed up my feelings about Brock Osweiler this year. Oh, yeah, he sucks. Oh. Seriously, he made DeAndre Hopkins fantasy irrelevant. 
Brandon Williams yeah, didn't do that. T.J. Yates didn't do that. Brian Hoyer didn't do that. And I, I still believe Brian Hoyer, as a Spartan fan, is colorblind. But, you know, he didn't do that. But Osweiler has. If you're the Texans, well, I, I know he's only there for how many years, but you've got to start planning for the future because he's not it. Oh, it's they're essentially stuck with him this year and next year. I mean, I don't really think there's a way out of it. And <laughs> yeah, so much for the question of why wouldn't Elway open the checkbook and pay Brock right. Osweiler? Well, I think we answered that because Elway is not dumb. Because yeah, Elway as much as it pains knows he knows quarterback talent, and that's not it. Oh, Denver Broncos, Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's assume Trevor Simeon does not play. Mm. Demarius Thomas okay. with Paxton Lynch throwing him the ball, or Allen Robinson with a key to leave shadowing him all day. That's an interesting one because I'd like to think that Lynch would be able to get the ball to Thomas, and he probably will. And that's what I'm going to go with. I'll, I'll, I'll go with Thomas just because of the, the way the season is going. I think Paxton Lynch obviously is the quarterback of the future. Simeon had his best game last week, and, of course, he ended up showing up in a walking boot all week long. And again, what worries me about Robinson is this Blake Bortles. I mean, that guy's taking three steps back. I'd say garbage time points, but those won't be there because I don't think Lynch or the Denver offense will be able to run up a big enough score where Blake and Allen get those garbage time points. And in the meantime, I just think Thomas, especially after Emmanuel Sanders had the big game last week, so they'll look to probably try and handle Sanders a little bit more with Jalen Ramsey, who you said obviously, obviously, rookie corner rule. He's still not a shutdown guy. I'll go with a team that has something to play for, and I think that they'll scheme to get Thomas the ball, whereas the Jack the Jaguars are a nightmare. <laughs> no, everybody's been bagging on... Sorry, I was distracted for a second by the Vikings color rush uniforms, which those are interesting. Everyone's been bagging on Kubiak and the decision to try that 62-yard field goal with a minute 10 seconds left in overtime or whatever. I ain't going to lie. I like that call. I like it. If you punt in that spot, you're playing for the tie. Right. You are surrendering. And it's not unheard of for kickers to hit from 60-plus in Denver. So, and it could come back and cost the Denver Broncos dearly at the end of the season, but I don't care. I like it. Oh, call. I agree. Oh, my. God, yeah. the Vikings I mean, uniforms are ugly. Uh, I, I haven't looked at them yet, but I did look online to see what they would look like, and it's not it's not pleasant. I hate I hate those Thursday night uniforms. I hate Thursday night games in general. I know I've said that over and over. But as far as the Kubiak call, yeah, it was that. And I also agree with uh, watching Mike and Mike this morning with Mark Schlereth on there. Who I, I like Mark Schlereth. I love Stink. He just said, with the weather, with it being only 38 degrees, and obviously the ball doesn't carry as well. There he goes. And the way that Simeon was playing, and that he had just had an incompletion to Fowler that went off his fingertips, he's like, I probably would have went for it. 
because the difference is, is if you miss a field goal, you give them you give them the ball seven yards deeper, right, where you spot the field goal. Right. He says, so if we go fourth and ten, we don't get that. Well, then they get the ball there, and that gives our defense. It still tells our defense we have confidence in you to stop them. He said, just with he said with the temperatures and the weather conditions, he goes, I think I would have gone ahead and said, let's just go for it. Fourth and ten, you're having your best game. You know, passing that we've had, but yeah, but no, there's no way you pun it. You you just send a total wrong message there. It's, it's well, we'll take we'll take this time. It might help us down the road, but we didn't try to win. Right, Kubiak didn't lose that game. The Denver defense lost that game by not getting the stop at the end. By not getting the stop, and there were two or three different situations during that game when the Denver defense had an opportunity to put an end to the game, and they did not do it. That's what cost yep. the football game. Agreed. And man, did Justin, man, did Justin Houston look good. I think he's back. Oh, I hope so. He's got to lead my, my longest running IDP team to victory. Uh, Washington Redskins, Arizona Cardinals. I know you're not nuts about Larry Fitzgerald this week, so Larry Fitzgerald or Deshaun Jackson? Who could draw Patrick Peterson? Nah, that's the interesting part of that. And I know Peterson, what it's a a foot injury. He's battling a little bit, where he said it was very sore, but the MRI came back clean. And that's a tough one. I know I say this all the time, but I'm still. And if they move D Jacks. But, if they move Djax into the slot to try to get him off Peterson, uh, Zuri's going to get the honey badger. Yeah, that's why I say I'll still go Elfitz. Is little confidence I have in Carson Palmer. I'll I'll still think that I hope it's not garbage time points because I think it's going to be a competitive game. But something's wrong with the Cardinals, and I think it starts with Carson Palmer. But yeah, that's still the most reliable receiving option. Although, who thought Jermaine Gresham would have touchdowns in two straight games? There is a tight end in Arizona. Uh, I, I'm not even going to pretend to understand what happened to the Cardinals this year. Mm. It's Carson Palmer fell off a cliff. So. No, it's certainly not. Carson Palmer fell off a cliff. I mean, I really don't know what else to say. Yep. And Drew Stanton's not the Can't answer. Base. Tampa Bay, San Diego. Who wins that football game? It's like a, a, all of a sudden, it's a semi-interesting game between a couple of teams who I mean, ain't dead yet. Yeah, I think it's Tampa Bay. I think they ride the momentum of last week's beatdown of the Seahawks and the way that defensive line is stepping up. Levante David's playing better. Uh, you know, not great from a fantasy standpoint, but from as far as the defense. And the and the Chargers just turn the ball over so much, and generally because they're playing from behind. And yeah, they'll have you know Melvin Gordon do what he can do, but he tends to fumble. Drew Brees tends to make costly mistakes. I just think Tampa is is flying high right now, and they take the momentum off of that. I mean, they just owned Seattle. I mean, it was it was like they knocked them down in the first round of a of a, of a title fight, and then toyed with them for the next fourteen. And I, I and it would appear, 
given the last couple of weeks, it would appear the muscle hamster is healthy. Mm-hmm. It could be a nice little put bump for the uh, – I mean, I don't want to say that I would start him ahead of Melvin Gordon this week, but I might start him ahead of Melvin Gordon this week. I mean, you want to talk about which yeah. defense I trust more at this point? I trust the Tampa defense more than I do San Diego. Their inside linebackers are all chewed up. Yep, exactly. So it's, yeah. It has the makings of a, one of those sneaky good games that probably won't be televised mm-hmm. anywhere but those two markets, and we'll all get stuck watching some turkey, get stuck watching Brock Osweiler murder football for three hours. Yeah, I got stuck watching Baltimore-Cincinnati last Sunday because obviously the Lions played on Thanksgiving, so we get what we get here. I did not want that. Well, my choices were either Bengals-Ravens or Browns-Giants. I watched Bengals-Ravens. No. See, I didn't I didn't even get that choice. I was just stuck with that one early on, and then we had a doubleheader later. But, ah, all right, what's next? <laughs> what do you make of the Browns? Starting RG three in week fourteen. Another loss. Oh, I guess I understand it. <laughs> yeah, well, you might as well. well you, you brought him over. You paid him. Right, and you got what? Not even a game out of him before he got hurt. So, if you right. want to try and BS yourself into thinking that he could be the answer, and maybe he just got hurt and you didn't get a chance to see that yet, then whatever. I mean, Cody Kessler, yeah. if one more person asked me if this could damage Cody Kessler's chances of being a viable NFL starter, Cody Kessler is not a viable NFL starter. Stop. Right. All this is going to damage if RG3 plays well is the Browns drafting another quarterback pretty soon. <laughs> Deshaun Watson. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, the only thing I want Cleveland doing right now is scouting Clemson games, okay? They won't. They'll trade down or something. They'll do something to just make me want to stab myself with a fork. And on that cheery note, that'll do it for another edition of the Fantasy Football Feeding Frenzy. I'd like to wish all our listeners good luck in the last week of the regular season, in most leagues. Some leagues have 14-week regular season, but the majority it would appear have 13. I hope everybody makes the playoffs and they all come back next week so we can talk some postseason stretch injury. And I suppose over these last few weeks of the fantasy football season, we'll talk a little bit, you know, we'll look back a little bit at the year, the year that was, and the many, many disappointments. We need to have a festivist show where we can air our yeah. grievances. Yeah, I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> yes. You know what? I think the last show before Christmas, we should absolutely do a Festivus special. Let's do it. I'm on board. Uh, Todd's not it, here, yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, well, it don't matter. There's three of us, and two of us like the idea. So, If Todd don't like That's it, he majority. can go on the list of grievances. <laughs> we'll put you on the list, Todd. We ain't above it. I got lots of lists. Have a great oh, yeah. week, everybody. Good luck in the games. You know what, Wally? Go Lions. I hope you win. Woo! Thank you. Especially, go Browns. Oh, es- wait, you're on a bye week. Yeah. Especially since Todd, a couple months ago, was talking a bunch of junk because the Lions were undefeated and our teams be stinking, and I didn't forget. So now the Lions don't be stinking, 
and they done passed the Vikings, and karma being what it is, Todd, karma being what it is. And he owes the Browns still suck. Yeah, the Browns still suck, though, so, you know, some things never change. 